fatal flaws of Mormonism. Next on our discussion on polygamy, what love is this? Earl Erskine has been co-host of Polygamy, What Love Is This? for a very long time now, several years. As a former bishop of the LDS Church, he contributes insight from the perspective of a church member as we discuss the polygamous perspective about Joseph Smith polygamy and other unique Mormon doctrine. Earl is here again this time, but not as co-host, but as our special guest, because we're interviewing him about a book he wrote and has been recently released, telling the story of he and his wife Carla's journey out of Mormonism and to Jesus. The book is entitled Fatal Flaws of the LDS Church, and certainly many flaws found in the LDS Church can be observed in the Mormon fundamentalist religions, making it highly relative for our program. So I want to thank you, Earl. <laughs> I appreciate you letting me share my story here a little bit. You bet. The book is very good. It's a very oh, good you. read, of course. Thank and um, I want to thank you for writing it and for sharing it with it and no, for being our guest. Quite the undertaking. <laughs> I'm sure as it, it was. turned out. You've been doing it for a few years now. It has. It actually started years. in about 2014. Wow. When I. Well, actually, when I left the church about 2011, I had actually listed, started listing things that were just weren't consistent or mm -hmm. that they were inconsistent. And uh, so eventually just, in 2014, I kind of made it a little more formal, but it took me until about 2018 to get serious. And so it's taken about four or five years. And all years. those years have been building on it, too. Things well, learning more, up, but, yeah. learning more. But I'm reflecting back, mainly the book was reflecting about those things of doctrines and other things that impacted me. Impacted your uh, choice to yeah. leave. Um, where can our viewers find the book? Where can they buy it? Well, it's uh, they can go to MSCBC, that stands for Main Street Church, Brigham City, dot org, mm -hmm. and they can look up the book there. And we're actually, by the time this airs, we think we'll be on Kindle and Amazon. So we're Amazon, hoping to okay. make it available And then you have there. a website. Don't you have a website? Yes, Fatal too? Flaws Book. FatalFlowsBook.com. Okay, so there's yeah. several places they can go yeah. to to get a copy, right. or they can hit Google and just probably search and they'll just get do one a of the one of them yeah. there. Okay. Um, now, we've heard people say both both of us have many times heard people say, "You can leave the church, but you can't leave the church alone." <laughs> uh, do you think this applies to you? And <laughs> as you're writing your book, yeah, you just can't you know, leave it alone. Well, it's interesting because. I, th I think you have a sense of of um, not knowing exactly, I mean, not knowing these things ahead of time. I, I was in the church for 65 years, and I didn't know anything mm -hmm. about a lot of these topics that I cover. And then as I started investigating, the, the, the pile of uh, my shelf got heavier and heavier, as it were, and, mm -hmm. and so... Yeah, yeah, and, and we we see people caught up in it. People we love, people we know, yeah. caught up in it, and so we want them to see the same, the same right. things that we had well, discovered and, as well. And there's a relationship with Jesus that um, I know LDS feel like they have a relationship with Jesus, but and they believe he is a God, but we believe Jesus is God. He is the only God. And yeah. to have the relationship with him is, is very unique. And mm -hmm. I wanted to read just a little thing that I, I do write in the beginning of the book, and it kind of explains, again, back 
to why I wrote the book a little bit. And it says, despite my many years in the LDS Church and the diligent study I did as an active Latter-day Saint, I knew little about the many topics that I discuss in the book. I don't claim to be a scholar, and that's true, but it is on my heart to share these important issues as I experience them in my journey. I'm sharing these fatal flaws to offer the Latter-day Saints and investigators a view of LDS beliefs they may never have considered before. And I was reluctant to share my initial findings with family and friends. That is something I really regret. Mm-hmm. At the start of my journey, I didn't share anything because I didn't know where I was headed <laughs> either. Yeah, I, you know, right. I didn't know what was going to happen to me and my testimony. I now wish that I had done that when I could still be trusted as a faithful oh, Latter-day yeah, Saint. Because yeah. as soon as you say, I don't know that I know, think Joseph Smith's a prophet, your credibility is gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. no, nobody wants to listen after that. So this was my best effort to make up for that <laughs> failure and, to share and, the at story. At the same time, Earl, I did. I went to all my family and I bungled. I was a brand new Christian and I really wasn't you know, grounded really in any doctrine. And, and I think I bungled some of my... Uh, so, you know, where's the middle road on this? Yeah, you know? well, it's hard, and they they really don't want to hear, and I know that right. from the other side. Right. I had a few opportunities uh, during my first 65 years that would uh, have, where I had an opportunity to look at something anti-Mormon, as they called it then, mm-hmm. and uh, I just pushed it off, yeah. dismissed it, it wouldn't listen. Yeah. Uh, and and you know there is there's there's so much information, good down to earth, readable information, observations, and conclusions in your book. It was really difficult to pick and choose <laughs> what to talk about because I want to talk about it all. Of course, we can't. Wouldn't have enough time. Um, huh? But our viewers who are LDS members, or even if you're part of a polygamy group, it's well worth the read. It's an easy read. It covers topics that are relevant to anyone and anyone who holds on to the religion that Joseph yeah. Smith first established. Um, there, There's um, many times I've heard the justifications too. The church is perfect, but the people aren't. Uh, we need to take that in consideration when we consider the flaws. Is the church perfect? Well, no. <laughs> Not at this point. I didn't know that. I, f- yeah. I thought the only true church was the only true church. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've since determined that there's many serious problems many with, serious with problems. the church. Um, so the, the first, the most important thing anyone can find in their life is the truth. And yeah. it's the most important thing to, to seek that's is true. the truth. And that's what Earl did. So we're going to go to the introduction on page 9. I want to quote a comment that you wrote there where you wrote, religious conversations outside of Sunday school mainly revolved around social topics. This is talking about your experience in the meetings of, yeah. of your Mormon church. I found that deep, thoughtful theological discussions at church or among members were rare. <laughs> now, in a later sentence, you, you notice you mentioned that critical thinking was discouraged. Do members even have a deep theological well, base? I guess, I, I'm not sure that I would say, that, um, no, they don't. <laughs> What's interesting is in Christianity, if a say a Baptist becomes a or transfer or changes to Presbyterian or a Lutheran mm-hmm. becomes a Baptist or something, they take Jesus with them. Mm-hmm. And one of the f- real problems that I had here is that I don't feel that the LDS do have a a deep knowledge of of Jesus or the Bible and 
certainly the theological discussions are very rare. They only dis they only talk about the New Testament once or teach the New Testament once every four years. Wow. And that's only 46 lessons or so, and a lot of those are very superficial. I've mm -hmm. had pastors that have taught uh, Hebrews for, for a year. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. Revelation for two years. Mm -hmm. Romans. I mean, Romans yeah, is fantastic, absolutely. so dense with information. Yeah. But generally what you, you'll find LDS talking about uh, are missions, you know, who's going on a mission, uh, who's getting married in the temple, or who isn't getting married in the temple, mm. or callings that they might have. They're not very theologically deep. And one of the things that I think, again, that doesn't allow them to have a strong, firm foundation. And I think if anybody, this really comes up in two ways. One is that I know a lot of people that that do find out the church isn't true, leaves the church and leaves... Jesus and the Bible, they don't trust anything. Right, right. And the other thing is the, the discussions. You think about general conference and the talks that are given there. Yeah. There's, they're just so shallow, so mm -hmm. to speak. They're, there's not a lot of depth. They're, they're feel-good. They're good stories. Mm -hmm. And they make you, they appeal to your emotions and your feelings. But exactly. They We're really, going to talk about the feeling and the emotional yeah, part later. Yeah. And that seems to be per on purpose, at least in, to some degree. So I don't think even even a general... And I used to think in general conference that they were actually tailoring their talks to the new members hmm. who needed milk, you know. Hmm. They weren't trying to overwhelm new new converts to the church by getting into heavy doctrine. But that doesn't feed the, the regular member who would well, be the uh, largest population of the Well, attendees. that's true. And on the other hand, I don't think they have any deep information to provide. Well, you can't so, talk about Jesus if you don't know him. You can just true. You can just talk superficially. And like you said, they really don't know the biblical Jesus. So no, how can they, they talk about Well, they don't trust the Bible so right. much. Right, exactly yeah. right. Um some years ago, the LDS Church gave an official statement that when the, uh, the decision is made, your thinking has been done for you. Do they still have that teaching, so to speak? They do continue with that policy? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say yes. There's not really an opportunity to challenge the prophet or the leadership. Well, they dare. Do they dare? No, I don't, not, not without some repercussion or mm -hmm. some, somebody calling them in and talking to them. Yeah, I would say that they very much... Uh, so they've got them intimidated with that kind of a... Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned in the book uh, that you posted the program, Ex-Mormon Files. Yeah. Uh, where you have interviewed formal, former LDS members, and you said you've interviewed almost 400 yeah. ex-members. Right. What would be the top two <laughs> or three reasons given by them, all of these people you've interviewed, that caused them to investigate and then leave the church? What would be the top two or three reasons? Actually, I started making a list, and there's a lot more than two or three, and it I'm varies, sure. you know. Yeah. The Internet's had a huge impact. Mm, okay. Polygamy, I think, has a huge impact. The temple mm -hmm. temple changes and those kinds of things. No, I think the polygamy uh, and the temple, the temple um, ritual itself yeah. in the people I've yeah, talked to seems to be the top two. Yeah, even without the changes, probably, yeah, but just yeah. the whole the whole feeling there. I think the LGBTQ flip-flop back in November of 2015, I think, and then mm -hmm. they changed that. 
other things that just keep popping up, again, back to the internet, I think people do find uh, things that they had never heard before. Look up masonry, you'll find a, yeah. uh, five points of fellowship and handshakes that are directly off out of the temple yeah. ceremony. And mm -hmm. those things, I think, start eating at your, putting again, putting on your shelf or whatever, mm -hmm. and start making an impact in your thinking. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I think a few people do study their way out, but I think those are a few of the, okay. few of the big that, ones. That's interesting. Yeah. And... and um, probably will continue that direction, and I think that's probably why they've made changes in one of the reasons they would make changes in the temple ceremony. One interesting thing, though, in back in July, I think of 2020, there was an Ensign uh, article that was or well, the whole magazine was covering people who leave the church and what to do for them or with them. Mm -hmm. You know, they want you to show patience. They want you to show love and. Uh, have, pray about them and, and, you know, just kind of nurture them. But the one thing none of the articles talked about was study more. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or find out what their questions are and that, let's dig into it and find out what the, what the answers oh, no, to your questions. Oh, no, they couldn't do that. If they no. started digging into it, what might they well, find? I, I, kept, I was reading four or five different articles, and they all had that same kind mm. of pray, read the Book of Mormon, uh, just have faith and just stick yeah. with it, but not one of them suggested, well, let's study, let's get into your question let's, let's and find out what the answer. Yeah. yeah, good <laughs> point. terrible? <laughs> I know when I became uh, a Christian and I started studying the Bible I, and I found out I had been lied to all my life, I swore to myself I'd never let myself be lied to about God again, ever. Yeah. I, I double-checked everything I read and heard in the pastor. Pre I double-checked it all just to make sure that I was not being led down some perverse path again. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned in your book on page 13 that you have no desire to ever be misled again, yeah. that the Bible does stand up to scrutiny, that faith is not blind, that it actually uh, yeah. does not ignore reality. But explain how the LDS, and of course this would include polygamists, how their faith is mostly based on feelings or emotions rather than critical thinking, facts, or personal investigation. Yeah. Um, emotions are an important part of our life, feelings. I tried to think about feelings, facts, and faith, and how they interrelate, what comes first, what's most important. And I know Jeremiah tells us that the heart can be deceived. Yes. And... Uh, and that we can be led astray if we don't have facts. I learned things about the Bible after leaving the church, that there were many manuscripts, mm -hmm. that it was trustworthy. The Dead Sea Scrolls comes along, which mm -hmm. proves the Old Testament, at least, is very reliable yeah. as it is. It hasn't gone through this great and abominable church, as the Book of Mormon explains. Right. And so, uh, anyway, there's a Preach My Gospel that the church uses, I think, for missionaries and maybe other teaching. This is what it says. In order to know that the Book of Mormon is true, a person must read, ponder, and pray about it. The honest seeker of truth will soon come to feel that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. Hmm. In answer to our prayers, the Holy Ghost will teach us truth through our feelings and thoughts. Hmm. Hmm. And that's really what I feel like the church <laughs> feel. But that's what the church <laughs> does 
in its general conference talks, in its magazines, in its teachings at, at, at the ward level and testimonies that are born. It's all about emotion. Mm -hmm. And when you tie that into your family, yes. baptisms, temple marriages, those things, they, they, they pull, they tug on mm -hmm. your heart. Yeah. You know, but they're ignoring facts. And that's one of the main reasons, I guess, I wrote the book was I discovered these things and I had been an auditor for 30 years. Right. And so I'm not a CPA. I usually clarify that, but I was an auditor with the government for 30 years. So I started doing this an analysis of, of different topics that I cover in the book, but just, and, and I had never thought about them together in, in those, these scriptures, and we'll cover a few of them here today too, mm -hmm. but anyway, it's just, uh, it's been an interesting journey, <laughs> so, <laughs> but so. it's based on a lot on feelings and emotion, that's what the church operates on. So when they read a fact, like for instance, we talk about the Bible's true. We can t trust the Bible. It hasn't gone through all those changes, but they've already had the feeling that it, you can trust the Book of Mormon, but exclusively, but not the Bible as much. Right. They, the facts are ignored. Are they forgotten? Are they, what, sweep them aside? How? Well, it's even more blatant than that. I, I, so I don't know how to really explain it. I went through the same thing yeah. myself. And again, we're going to talk about some other things that, that hit me, inconsistencies that I was aware of. Right. Looking at this one and looking at that thing, and, but never really sticking them together and just letting the facts, things that are truthful, that we know to be true, mm -hmm. they just don't stand up. And anyway, there's just a whole bunch of so, things, and we're going to talk about a few. So you too. mentioned uh, the the faith and the facts and the feelings, and which comes first, and how do they interrelate with each other? We discover that facts come first. Yes. Regardless of our feelings, whether right. we feel good about it or not, the yeah. facts are the right. are what counts. That's the first. Yeah. First part of our truth, hunt for truth. <laughs> yeah, and the LDS are based, their, their first reaction is on the feelings. On the feeling. They're, if there's ever a question, it's well, what's the Holy Ghost telling me? And yeah. How, yeah. How's that feel in my heart? So, you know? so we can have faith on what our feelings are or faith on what the facts are. Yeah. Um, but but the, the, the faith, so you can have faith in something wrong. Yeah. Which well, many and, people do. So faith is not the primary. No. No, it's it's facts. facts, and 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 there are things that we don't know. Right. Obviously, there's a lot of facts that we're unaware of, but there are facts that are out there mm -hmm. um, that are discoverable. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. just the archaeology of the Book of Mormon compared to the archaeology of the Bible. Well, and the you manuscript know, evidence and, and all exactly. of the other. Okay. Yeah, just things that... You wrote that the LDS doctrine represents the gospel of Joseph Smith rather than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you have said that while you're still a member? And how do you defend that statement? You know, I came up with that. <laughs> I, I think it was during some of my interviews that I started with as I interviewed people. And I kept thinking, you know, this, this gospel that I followed as an LDS is all based on Joseph Smith's. Uh, I mean, there's been some added to it, but basically he's the one that just got it all rolling. You know, he's mm -hmm. the one that had the revelation. And since then, there really hasn't been significant doctrinal changes. Um, but it's, 
it was his gospel. It, it's his temple ceremonies, his priesthood things, his all that. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ right. when I came out. Right. And I've talked about this before, but there's a bad news and a good news. Mm. And that was one of the things. I started actually writing the book without going to the good news. I was just going to say, okay, here's, here's a fact, deal with it. You know, here's another fact, <laughs> deal, deal with, with it. It wasn't going to be a very long book, and so I just assumed I could, okay, well, these are facts, you can't deny it. Uh, the words in the Book of Mormon have been changed. Deal yeah, with it. Yeah. You know, tell me what you think about that. But as I got going through it, I realized I couldn't talk about the bad news only and not talk about yeah, the good news goodness. and the relationship with Jesus that has meant so much to me now and that I didn't understand. As right. a Larry. I thought I had him pretty well pigeonholed in my yeah, life yeah. when I left the church, but I've certainly learned a lot since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, uh, again, but you also asked, how do I defend that? Or did I think of that while I was still a member? Um, but it was a gospel. Never. No, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just assumed that all four standard works spoke the same gospel. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the Bible well enough to know that it didn't offer those same uh, doctrines and teachings. Right. I just, right. I don't know whether we compartmentalize or what we do, but we just... And we I've just, heard former members say you do, that, that yeah. when you're a member in the Mormonism, you do compartmentalize. Well, it, you obviously don't interrelate things. Well, yeah, you walk out of one box and, and yeah. close the door, then you walk into the other yeah. compartment. And you're, you're fine with the way you left that one, and you're mm -hmm. fine with the new one you're in. And so. they don't relate back to no, you the don't other. So it's interesting how you your don't mind think works critically. That way. That critical way. thinking, that was yeah. a big problem with me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. when I first, because in polygamy, you do not have critical thinking at all. Um, so we're going to go through your book chapter by chapter and pick up the fatal flaws, which that's the title <laughs> of your book, yeah. and urge our viewers, if you want more details about each topic we talk about, get the book, because it's very well worth it. Um, before chapter one, however, you have a section entitled, A Little About Me. <laughs> now, this is important because you have an LDS heritage that you don't take lightly. No, um, it's true. It's your generational uh, yeah. LDS. So, briefly explain your LDS heritage. Yeah, well, I, uh, my, oops, sorry. My great-great-great-grandfather was a John Streeter Gleason, and he was with the original Brigham Young uh, troop or group that came into the valley in July 24th, 1847. His name's on the This is the Place Monument. Mm -hmm. He was a polygamist. Okay. And I came from his second <laughs> wife, yeah. And uh, so, uh, and my folks were active, or at least my mom was very active and set a good example for me. And I just did the normal growing up in the church, you know, mm -hmm. baptized at age eight. Uh, and did all the mutual kinds of things and went, took seminary and then went on a mission to Denmark for mm -hmm. 30 month mission back then. Okay. Um, and then just um, kept and got married in the temple with Carla yeah. in, back in 1969. Anyway, so then after that, I just was, uh, I was a serviceman's branch president. I've been on high councils and Sunday mm -hmm. school teacher many, many times. Mm -hmm. and, 
in many bishoprics, and then the five years I spent as a bishop, as a bishop. which is a great time. I loved yeah. the people, and they were good people, and so I enjoyed the, all that. So, so you're not talking about any vengeance here. You enjoyed <laughs> your time. You were a faithful member. Yeah. Um, you know what you're talking about as you compare biblical with yeah. Mormonism, and this isn't vengeful in any way. No, and I wasn't offended by anybody or yeah. anything. I kept the Nobody word of wisdom. I didn't want to, I had never tasted alcohol or coffee or tea, never mm -hmm. smoked, you know, I did all the, Good. paid my tithing, Good. always had a temple Lord. recommend and yeah, yeah I, uh, so I didn't have any axe to grind against the church. I just started <laughs> seeing things that just yeah. Yeah. didn't make sense. And to be true to yourself, people use that phrase a lot these days, sometimes yeah. in error, but but you wanted to find out what these things are that you're discovering. There's nothing wrong with investigating that. No, and, and I actually, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah. I always knew what Jesus said about hypocrites. Yeah. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I had, I actually went to a church historian, and I presented my first, th my main three topics were the changes in the Book of Mormon, the Book of Abraham, and the first vision, mm -hmm. the different accounts. Mm -hmm. And I presented that to this um, church historian, and I got him basically to admit that, yeah, there's some problems there. We don't really understand what we're doing. And I said, well, how can you, you're a person who people listen to, and, and, um, they respect what you're saying. And he says, well, I know what I'm supposed to say, and I know what they want to hear. Hmm. Wow. And that was his way of getting around these, wow. these problems. Yeah. And then we also had a, a, one of the members of, in my ward was a um, institute director, and he came to the house three weeks in a row to cover those three topics. Oh. He brought materials in each one. And he, it was just less than satisfying. He just didn't have an answer. Why, why was the Book of Mormon wording yeah. changed? Why is the Book of Abraham such a mess? And, and what a, why are there so many different accounts of the first vision? And, and we talk about those as we go we through will, the book, yeah. too. And we are running out of time for this first one, and we haven't even gotten to You're chapter kidding. one yet. <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm verb... <laughs> Verbose, aren't I? <laughs> well, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of talk about, and and yeah, there's so well, much good we'll to, <laughs> to talk about in this book. That, but we're going to have to start chapter one on yes. on the next time, and it's oh. going to be begin with because it's entitled "The Burning in the Bosom, Feeling Facts and Faith," which is what we just brushed about. about. So yeah. we'll uh, briefly talk about that and begin with that topic. Okay. Uh, as we go into part two, and we will be doing part two next time as we continue with interviewing Earl on his book, The Fatal Flaws of the LDS Church, which goes through what Earl learned as he was investigating some of the doubts that he had about his Mormon faith after being a loyal and faithful member in the church for all those years. Um, and, and I think that I want to state here as we do what we do, Neither one of us are doing what we're doing because we are hateful or vengeful or want to get even or we're carrying a grudge. Right. We're doing it because we love the people we that are deceived, just I've, like we were once I deceived. I dedicated the book to both my wife, of course, but also to the members of the church. Yeah. They, they're good, sincere people. They are. They're hardworking, unfortunately, and, but they're mm -hmm. very hardworking and they... They have a love for family, and they're loyal, but right. uh, they're just 
like, kind of in the dark. <laughs> like Paul said in, in Romans 10, they have a zeal for God, but without knowledge. Yeah. And they need the knowledge that you found and that I yeah. discovered too. So we'll see you uh, as we begin part two next time with Earl Erskine interviewing his book, Fatal Flaws of the LDS Church. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.